Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Breaks a tackle. Hey everybody, welcome into the BSN Buffs podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. As always, I am your host, Henry Chisholm. And before we jump into today's show, I want to tell you about the delicious, certified, gluten-free breads, bagels, English muffins, and other baked goods that are made right here in Johnstown, Colorado. Canyon Bakehouse's gluten, dairy, nut, and soy-free products make it easy for families to enjoy the taste and texture of fresh bread so everyone can love bread again. Find them at any major grocery store in the freezer or fresh bread aisle or purchase online and visit canyonglutenfree.com to grab a coupon. Okay, guys, um, we're going to start today's show the same place we've kind of been starting these shows for a while now because the topic in Boulder, the primary topic in Boulder, just hasn't changed. Um, It's how you get off to a hot start in a football game. And that's been kind of the primary theme for this team for a couple of weeks now because they've struggled in that regard. They've struggled getting off to a hot start, but you guys know that. So we aren't going to dig too much into the stuff we already know, but I do want to talk about what we learned today. So I was up in Boulder this morning, like I am every Tuesday, for the press conference. So the way uh, the media schedule works in Boulder is Mondays is regular player availability. You you ask for a couple of guys, and then uh, Mel Tucker takes the podium, and that's who you talk to. Then Tuesdays, you have usually two players at the podium and then two players up at the press conference about an hour after practice, and also Mel Tucker up at the press conference an hour after practice. And that's when more of Denver media uh, comes up to Boulder to see what's going on. Uh, typically, the other days, it's just the f- same few of us who are always in Boulder talking to the Buffs. And then Wednesday, you have, similar to Monday, you get to pick a player or two you want to talk to. If they're available, they'll come talk to you. If not, then they don't. And then the difference is on Wednesday, typically you get uh, one of the coordinators, uh, whether it's Jay Johnson on the offensive side or Tyson Summers on the defensive side. And sometimes it's Darian, or Darren Shiverini, uh, the assistant head coach. And so those, those three kind of rotate through Wednesdays. If it's a Friday game, everything moves up a day. So today was Tuesday, and so we had the press conference, which is the big day where you get to talk to a bunch of different people and... Um, a lot of the Denver media ask questions, and they haven't heard the same answers that we've been hearing about what is going on with this team. How do you start faster, and how do you avoid these halftime deficits that the Buffs keep finding themselves in? 
And the guys opened up a little bit more today. Um, again, the key that a lot of people have been talking about has, has been communication. And that's what Mikhail Onu said today in the press conference. He said that uh, you just need to talk to each other. And that's the difference between the uh, beginning of games and the end of games. They come out a little bit slow. They aren't really communicating. And it isn't until they get a little kick in the butt. And a coach says, hey, guys, you guys need to be talking out there. Talk through your assignments. Talk through everybody else's assignments. Make sure everybody is on the same page. And that's just really how you button everything down. Just to make sure everybody is doing the right thing is to have everybody talk about it before every single play. That sounds like a simple thing to do and something that would be very obvious but when you're getting out on the field you know nine times out of ten if you don't communicate everybody knows what the play is you know everybody you you get the call you know your job and everything runs smoothly but that one in ten is what's been killing the buffs that occasional you know one guy blows an assignment and the opposing quarterback picks it apart because they didn't double check they didn't triple check and that's what changes late in the games. Or that's that's one of the things that really changes late in games, according to Mikhail Onu. And it's interesting to hear that because that's similar to what uh, Tim Lanott was saying yesterday when I got a chance to talk to him, said that the difference between the first half and the second half for the offensive line has been communication. So that's probably something that you want to be watching out for on Saturday is, you know, are people talking? And you might not be able to hear people talking through the cameras, but you can at least see them pointing and looking around. And if you see that, then there's a good chance that these guys are going to be on the same page. Uh, offensively, Steven Montez opened up just a little bit more about what has been holding back his offense. And, you know, part of it is the communication. But one thing that I thought was interesting was... Actually, a couple days ago, he said after the game that the offense came out lethargic. And, you know, that made sense. And nobody really followed up and asked, you know, it, was it really slow? Like, what, what, was, what was going on? And he said, you know, we're a little bit slow out there. Didn't dig into it too deeply. Today at the press conference, we did dig into it a little bit more deeply. And he said that watching on film, you could tell that everything was just slow. You know, they were, they were using the time that they had. You get up to the line, kind of stand around for a second, go through your reads, and then kind of talk to people. And it was all just a little bit slower than how it should be. They weren't sharp. They weren't going up there, making decisions quickly, moving on, passing the information along. And, you know, Steven said that he expects them to go up-tempo early. Or I'm not, I'm not sure if that's exactly what he said or if, we're speculating just a tiny bit. He said something like, you know, we want to be able to go up-tempo. We think that we look sharp when we're up-tempo. LaVisca Chenault said the same thing at the press conference later. He said, you know, we are at our best when we're playing fast, and we're always that way when we're going fast. Um, Mel also mentioned something similar, that he likes that look. And what Stephen was saying, he dug into it a little more deeply. He said... You know, we like going fast. We think we're at our best when we're going fast. When, you know, you're not using the whole whole play clock. When you're getting up there, keeping the defense on their heels. And that way, when you slow it down, it's a little bit different look. That's what they said. My take on the situation is that 
th- we are going to see a lot more up-tempo offense early just so that you can get guys going, just so that they're sharp and zipping around, being quick. You know, you, you want those brains working quickly so that they're going to be playing fast so that they look sharp so they don't look slow because steven said on film you could just see how slow everything was moving and mel said even on that first drive you know they drive down the field score the touchdown comes on the 42 yard catch and run by lavisca chenault when he throws off a defender he said you know that wasn't a very sharp drive like it worked we score a touchdown and he said you know the ends don't always justify the means you know he mentioned the colorado state game a game they won but a game they didn't play well you know, he mentioned that drive, a drive that was successful, but also a drive that wasn't their best. It wasn't their sharpest. He really is worried not just about results, but how you get those results and making sure that you're getting them in a way that's sustainable, that's something you can build off of. And I like that. And I think that that makes sense. And it's a good point. At the end of the day, it is kind of just about wins or losses. Um, when you're in his shoes, though, you get to say, this wasn't a good win. This was a win that could have been a loss if we don't handle things well. Um, those were kind of the big takeaways. I do think that they're going to come out up-tempo just to get into the groove of things, and then they can slow up and give different looks when they want to. Um, yeah, that's kind of the the big theme of the day, again, was talking about the slow starts that the buffs keep getting off to and the different ways that you can kind of combat those. Um, Also heard from Mustafa Johnson today and offensive guard Casey Roddick, who got some playing time late last week and could be getting more playing time this week. Um, Since they sent him to the podium, you'd assume that he will be getting more playing time. Um, They had some interesting stuff to say. Didn't get too deep into any topics but Mustafa said you know it's a young group he likes rotating he feels like he could play every play of the game like he's in that good of shape but getting a couple snaps off resting up for the fourth quarter is great um it's gonna be a challenge going against the offensive line he said that Eno Benjamin I think he said he's the best running back he's played in the Pac-12 somebody asked you know is he the best running back in the Pac-12 and Mustafa said he's up in that conversation. I haven't seen a couple of the guys, but I... So so there's his take on Eno Benjamin. Uh, great running back. Offensive line hasn't done him any favors. And he's going to be a challenge to stop this week, and Mustafa Johnson acknowledged that. Casey Roddick said that uh, he was kind of thrown into the fire late in that game when he jumped in, and it's difficult. You know, he got hurt and hasn't actually played in a game since high school, so it was a big day for him we'll see more of him probably this week uh praise the defense the arizona state defense a little bit said it's going to be a challenge but they like where they are they feel like they built some momentum late in that game against air force and they're going to try to carry that forward into this week um particularly particularly along the offensive line i think those were kind of the major takeaways of this morning in bolding the press conference bunch of people up there and, you know, Mel, we, you just got to dig into some of the answers he had. He is such a blast to listen to. I asked him if he thought that the, uh, the slow starts could kind of fade down the season just naturally because 
you have more tape on your opponents because you know what to expect from them. So you aren't being caught off guard and then needing to adjust to something, to a look that you haven't seen out of this team before on film. And he said he doesn't think so. It's all about them doing what they need to do. Made a bunch of analogies. Said that it's not something that ever stops. You just have to keep building. You have to keep building your team up, building the energy so that they are always starting hot. And that even at the end of the year, you aren't satisfied. It's building from year to year. You can tell that he really does have a long view approach for this program. Um, it's good to see. If if you want to check out the press conferences, I'd suggest you watch Mel's first. As always, he's just so good in these situations. I think the Buffs' Twitter feed will have them. Um, I think they put them on YouTube as well, Facebook. They're on the internet. You can find them if you want to. If you want to dig in, I would say check out what Mel had to say today. Um, yeah, it was some good stuff, and I'm excited to get back out there tomorrow to talk with a couple of guys. I have some ideas for what I want to write about. Um, before we move on to the depth chart, which was released today, and there were more changes this week, um, I want to take a second to talk about Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. And if you guys haven't had a chance to try Breckenridge beers yet, you really should. You know, a lot of the local bars here, restaurants here have um, Breckenridge beers on tap. If, if you don't know where you can find Breckenridge beers, they have their beer locator on their website. You can pick which beer you want to try and put in your zip code, and it'll tell you all the different places near you where you can buy that beer. Or you can say you just want Breck beers and you don't even care which kind you want to try. Obviously, you guys know that I would suggest the Strawberry Sky, the Colorado Core. Those are my favorites. But uh, you can just put in your zip code. It'll tell you all the different places that have any and which ones they have in stock. It's an awesome feature, uh, an awesome partner of ours. You guys, we really do appreciate when you support our partners. And so hopefully you guys do. Uh, yeah, check them out there. Also look out for the event calendar on bsn.com, the Breckenridge event calendar. It has all of our watch parties, all of our bar calls, everything we do will be on that calendar so you can come hang out with us and have a good time, drink some Breck beers because that's what we do at BSN Denver. All right, jumping back into the second segment of today's show, you know, this is kind of interesting because the depth chart hasn't changed all that much this season. They released the initial depth chart before the CSU game. Zero changes before uh, the Nebraska game. And then a couple changes before Air Force, but nothing like what we saw today. Today, uh, there were quite a few. Um, one of them that we were anticipating, cornerback Chris Miller, the sophomore, is now starting at right cornerback across from Delrick Abrams. He takes Makai Blackman, the junior's position. You know, Makai had a strong camp. He performed very well. He was one of our breakout contenders, really. And against Air Force, he he didn't get quite as much playing time. Chris Miller was the guy there. Makai, though, does get a promotion. He's now listed at Star, where he's backing up Davion Taylor. Which makes sense because we had talked a lot during training camp about the potential for Makai to be playing the star position because he fits so well there in the Mel Tucker defense. He told me that he had been working there, um, but he wasn't listed in that position. 
Um, it was Davion Taylor, the one, and he's going to keep starting. Uh, and then behind him, true freshman Mark Perry, who came in as a safety but has been playing more at the star position. Now Makai Blackman is listed at the number two star. So it looks like there will be more of a rotation. He still got plenty of reps on Saturday. He was out on the field. I think that this might mean that they will be using more more of the money position, moving Davion Taylor to inside linebacker um, in coverage situations and third down situations where they want more speed at that position because, you know, the inside linebackers have struggle, struggled in past uh, coverage so far this season. And then when he moves inside, Makai Blackman takes the star position, the slot cornerback position. Um, that's what I'm reading into it at least. Um, it's a notable change though. It's something that's different. And then the next change is that Jarek Broussard last week showed up on the injury list with a knee injury, and this week they update it to say that he is out for the season with that knee injury. You know, we haven't heard what exactly that injury is, but turns out it is season-ending. Uh, Jacob Callier, the outside linebacker, moves back in front of Jamar Montgomery. Jacob Callier was the number two the first two weeks of the season um, at outside linebacker behind Alex Changham, but then last week fell behind Jamar Montgomery. This week he was actually one of the scout team players of the week and is now listed as number two outside linebacker. Uh, next change, the last one, is that Darian Rakestraw is the starting strong safety after the Aaron Maddox injury. Aaron Maddox is in the injured section, obviously. And behind Darian Rakestraw now is Isaiah Lewis. And it will be interesting to see when Darian Rakestraw needs a breather for whatever reason, whether it's Sam Neuer or Isaiah Lewis who gets those reps. Um, like we've said before, the depth in the secondary is pretty thin. And we haven't seen too much of either Isaiah Lewis. And, of course, Sam Neuer was a quarterback up until a few weeks ago. So... That rotation, your guess is as good as mine as to what that rotation will actually look like should Darian Rakestraw need some sort of breather. A brief uh, look at the injury report for the Buffs. Six players listed. First is Jarek Broussard, who we know uh, will be out for the season. He has a knee injury, had surgery on September 6th, uh, out for the year. Two defensive backs listed, Lucas Cooper and Dustin Johnson. Um, they're both out this week. Um, Cooper with a hamstring strain. Dustin Johnson had back surgery a little over a month ago, a month and a half ago, uh, and he's beginning rehab this week. Uh, safety, Aaron Maddox, who we talked about, had the cut on his leg uh, in the Air Force game. They have him listed out four to five weeks. Uh, inside linebacker Chase Newman has a lower leg muscle injury. He's out. And outside linebacker Carson Wells, who had a concussion in practice September 4th, is listed as day-to-day. -day. So he may be back after missing the last two games. And with the way the pass rush has underperformed just a little bit, it'd be nice having him back out there if he's ready to go against Arizona State on Saturday. One more change to the depth chart that I forgot to mention because I didn't make a note of it earlier 
is that uh, at inside linebacker, there is something new. So the last few weeks, they've had four inside linebackers listed, two starters, uh, Nate Landman, John Van Deest, and then their backups, Akil Jones and uh, Josh Allen. This week, there's a fifth inside linebacker listed, true freshman Marvin Ham II. Um, don't know why they added a fifth. You know, there's some hype around him. Maybe they're just saying he earned the right to be on the depth chart as a potential player in the game. Like, he, he deserves a recognition. Maybe there's some reason to believe that they could be rotating a little bit more deeply at inside linebacker. Uh, not really sure, but... Worth noting that there is a five, a fifth inside linebacker listed, which is new. All right, today's show has been pretty uh, news-heavy, but there's just a little bit more news that we need to get to because all of the polls are out for all the different sports, and it's important to keep track of what is going on around Buffs Athletics. Um, we can start with the uh, football poll the top 25 poll and last week the buffs received votes i think there were 32 and 37 according to the ap poll and then the coaches poll this week they didn't receive any votes in either following the loss to air force really no surprise there but there is more going on in boulder than just football so let's jump to volleyball where uh colorado was ranked 19th last week and fell out of the top 25 this week following two losses to Colorado State. Colorado State jumps from, I believe, the first team out of the rankings to number 22, and Colorado's the second team out, so basically 27th. Um, soccer, the Buffs were ranked 24th. They only played one game at Florida State, the defending national champions, ranked 6th in the country, take them to overtime, but fall a few spots in the poll I honestly thought there was a chance that they could move up, even though they did lose taking the national champs to overtime. Plus, there was some shady calls in that game. But in the end, the Buffs fall out of the poll. Third team out, basically 28th. Um, cross country, Colorado retains the number one women's spot in the poll released today. And the men... Uh, retained their number four spot behind Northern Arizona, BYU, and Washington. So keep an eye on those teams. Uh, it's important to do that because there's more going on than just football. Next week, uh, we are going to dig heavy into basketball because they begin practice here. I, I can't remember if it's this Friday or next Friday. I think it's next Friday. And they're going to be a very good basketball team. And we're going to kick off that talk in the final segment of today's show uh, because their schedule was released this week, or at least their uh, conference schedule. And we are going to get into that after we talk about some game-changing coffee from StravaCraft. Uh, StravaCraft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines. It's taken away back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has helped decrease anxiety. 
you name it. CBD is all natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use code BSN2019 at checkout, and you can get it shipped straight to your door. Hey guys, it's Allie and Lindsay here, and we want to talk to you about our new favorite wine subscription. It is Winester. The best thing about Winester is that they work with small wineries. You know BSN loves supporting small local businesses, and Winester is just that, supporting real people making real wine. These guys will curate a hand-picked shipment for you from the best small wine producers in the U.S. So my favorite part about Winester is the fact that I don't really know much about wine, and when I go to a liquor store, I tend to gravitate towards the same wine I've always had instead of trying something new. But with Winester, they make the process so easy. That's exactly right, Allie. And from my perspective, you guys, I love wine and have tried so many different types of wine at different price points. And Winester is not only easy, but it is quite literally some of the best wine I've ever tasted, and it makes for an amazing gift. What's also ideal about Winester is that you can pick your shipments based on your schedule. That's right, Allie. So whether you're a casual drinker or you love hosting parties, you can get your shipment based on your lifestyle. So head to their website today, you guys. That's W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R, Winester.com. We've got BSN25 promo code for you, and you can save $25 off your first order. All right, into some basketball talk for the first time ever in the new edition of the BSN Buffs podcast. And I'm really excited to dig into this team. Um, for those of you who haven't paid too much attention to CU basketball, this is a big year. This is kind of the year that this team under Tad Boyle, this program has been building toward. Um, this is the peak, probably. You know, last year they finished winning 10 of their last 13 games. It isn't enough to get them into the NCAA tournament. So they go to the NIT, win a couple of games there, lose to Texas, who ends up winning the entire tournament. Um, a lot of a lot of the outsiders now are picking Colorado, typically to be one of the top two teams, occasionally down to three, occasionally number one, but in that range, in the Pac-12 conference, which isn't as strong as it has been historically. You know, you think back to when UCLA was kind of the powerhouse in the entire country. Pac-12 isn't that anymore. Uh, similar to football, it's kind of fallen off, but that opens the door for Colorado to make some noise. So they have this squad last year that figures things out at the end of the year, led by McKinley Wright, the guard, Tyler Bay, the big guy. Uh, McKinley Wright uh, is being picked as a potential MVP candidate for the Pac-12 conference, and Tyler Bay is a potential lottery pick in the NBA draft this spring. Everybody from last year's team who really contributed is uh is back now they're going to be returning for the 2019 season um should all be juniors and seniors all like the starting lineup of juniors and seniors a lot more in the rotation this is going to be an experienced team that has proven that they can be one of the top teams in the pac-12 uh, based on how they finished last season and could even make some noise in the tournament at the end of the year uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to follow along. And now we know exactly what we're following along with. They open the season in China, which is why they actually get to start practicing earlier. Uh, talking to Pat Rooney from uh, 
the daily camera this morning who covers Buffs basketball for them. Uh, I didn't realize that was a rule. It, it, your uh, earliest starting practice date is based on your first game, and that's why Colorado gets the bump. Makes sense. Just hadn't really thought about it. So, um, like I said, it's a conference game to kick off the year. Always tough. Arizona State in Shanghai, which just complicates things. Before that, the Buffs have the exhibition game, but that's not going to be too interesting. That game is November 8th, by the way, just so you guys have some sort of time frame on when all of this gets going. That's going to be a challenge. This Arizona State team, you know, not many people are picking them to win the conference. They're kind of an average Pac-12 team, and that's almost what makes this game so scary. You know, you can you can afford to drop a game to Oregon or Washington because those are really good schools. Those are schools that win a lot of basketball games, and those losses can really be justified. Dropping a game to the Arizona State Sun Devils, not a great look. And first game of the year, you don't know who's going to be at the top of their game. Um, you know, Arizona State's made two straight uh, NCAA tournament appearances. They'll be bringing back a couple of experienced guards to lead the way. You know, they don't, they aren't the most talented squad, but they have that experience there. And that's what can kind of catch you off guard early in the season. I mean, that's, that's probably the, the most interesting game on the schedule just because it is against a Pac 12 team in China uh, to open the season. Uh, they come back 16th and 18th, 18th to play San Diego, UC Irvine, UC Irvine tournament team. The next week, the Buffs head out to uh, Las Vegas um, where they'll play Wyoming, TCU, or Clemson. And then they come back to Colorado, uh, Boulder, to play Sac State and Loyola Marymount. And then you get to another game on the, ske- or on the schedule that will definitely be circled December 7th at Kansas. Obviously huge. Kansas perennial powerhouse. They'll be a top 5 team again this year. That's going to be a lot of fun, you know. That's a chance for the Buffs to really make a name for themselves. I don't think they've announced where that game will be broadcast. Maybe I just don't know. But uh people are going to be paying attention to that one and that's again a huge win for the resume when the committee looks at these teams at the end of the year back home northern Iowa at Colorado State. Um, Things kind of slow down before you start conference play January 2nd. And, you know, there's there's a lot to like about how this schedule kind of lines up. There are some places where you could really complain as well. Open the season, or the Pac-12 conference season, with, uh, what is it? five of the first seven games at home so it's a chance to get a hot start but at the same time in that stretch i mean you're opening against oregon another team one of the top three teams in the conference that's a tough matchup to start conference play and it counts as one of your home games so you do have to be sharp early on uh play oregon state their travel partner that same weekend Uh, I'm a big Oregon State fan because of the Missoula ties. Their coach, Wayne Tinkle, coached the Montana Grizzlies for a long time. Um, His son, Trace, was one of the best players in the conference uh, last year in the Pac-12. 
obviously from Missoula. So my friends played basketball, been following those guys. Be fun to actually see them play in person. Uh, that's not what you want to hear. But again, another pretty average team. Home against Utah, meh. At Arizona State, again, um, second time you see Arizona State, they play a game in Shanghai. And then you play at Arizona. And that's your first road trip of the year going out to see another one of the teams that really could challenge for that top spot. You know, I see it as Arizona, Colorado, Oregon, Washington as those top four, and they can kind of battle and shake things out. And the next weekend, you're back home playing Washington. Uh, so there you go. There's your five of the first seven at home, and you kind of got to capitalize. And they play the top three other teams outside of Colorado in the conference in that stretch. Got to get off to a hot start. Then you take on the California schools over the next two weekends at UCLA, at USC, home against Cal, home against Stanford. Surprisingly, those aren't strong programs. Those aren't the teams you're really worried about. Um, and then you start to get back into the repeats. You go to Oregon, um, to Oregon State, uh, come back home for USC, UCLA, at Cal, at Stanford, at Utah, which means... You are finishing the season with five of your last seven on the road. That's tough. You know, you really got to capitalize on those early matchups, even though there are a couple of tough teams that will be coming into Boulder during that stretch. You know, it's it's tough to really say. I, I've never been a big fan of saying it's a good schedule or a bad schedule. You don't know how good teams will be. You know, there's, there's strengths and weaknesses to every schedule. This one being that you get to start at home. You get to ease your way into conference play a little bit because of that. Um, but you have to take advantage because if you blow some of those games, it's going to be tough to make them up on the road at the end. Starting against Oregon, that's tough. But there's they're thinking the same thing. They're thinking that it's tough to start against Colorado. And who knows which one of those teams will come out flat, which one will come out a little bit sharper. And that's probably the team that wins the game. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of how it shapes up for the Buffs this season in that conference schedule. Got to get going early. Starting with that Arizona State game, really, and then have that Kansas matchup circled. I, I will be there. I will be road tripping to that one for sure. And uh, then conference play. Got to capitalize on the home games early. And then you have the Pac-12 tournament in Las Vegas, March 11th through 14th. Um, I'm actually not sure if I'll be out there. Now that I think of it, we'll figure that one out for sure. Um, shorter show today. We're going to have more for you guys tomorrow. Uh, there was just a lot of stuff that I felt like we had to power through so that you guys would kind of know what's going on up in Boulder, getting through the rankings, getting through the depth chart, getting through more of the talk of how the buffs are trying to pin down what exactly can get them to start hot. And, you know, I liked what I heard, but... It's pretty rare that I don't like what I hear from Mel Tucker. Um, we're going to dig deep into the Arizona State game tomorrow. Um, then Thursday, have the draft pod, as always, with Andre Simone. Try to get Ryan Konigsberg in for the Friday show. See what we can do. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to sit down tonight and re-watch the Arizona State game, see if I can come up with some good takes for you guys tomorrow. That's the plan, at least. Um, because it was on in the press box, got to half pay attention while we were working, got to see the overtime, got to see the missed field goal to end it. 
be ready tomorrow because we are digging in to Arizona State and what the Buffs need to be prepared for this weekend. It's Pac-12 week, and we're digging into what to uh, expect from the Buffs' first Pac-12 opponent when they play this Saturday night on the Pac-12 network, which real cool. Uh, yeah, I'll talk to you guys again tomorrow. I'll be up in Boulder tomorrow. Hopefully have some new material for y- you all. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for riding with me. See you tomorrow. Bye, guys. I think they like my Colorado swag. Cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly get a bus with my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. Man, I swear, I think they like my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. Patiently awaiting When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave I'm Colorado swagging at the crowd, do the wave Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid Cause you know we finna hit ya Hit ya, hit ya, hey You on your own now, why you watching the official? You just better hope you make it to the next whistle And we ain't playing with you, you can get it anytime It started at the scrimmage, we gon' win it at the line My Colorado swag in the middle